Today we talk family jams and making music with family as we speak to Kat and John of Ride Baby on Benny Asking People Questions. Asking People Questions is proudly supported by Major Minor Music Australia and we'd like to pay our respects to the Gadigal people on whose land we do all our work. If you would like to know more about what we do, then head along to mmma.com.au. There's an old philosophy in the early childhood world based around children learning through play. This idea that children are at their most inquisitive and most open when they are engaged in the act of play or playfulness nature. It's easily misunderstood or misinterpreted, but then sometimes it's landed upon with such clarity that you wish you were a kid again to be involved in such a thing. Today we talk to an act that seems to have really understood this and have created a feel and attitude that simply exists around play, not just the act of playing, but rather what can be learnt through the play. How can the art of playing be made meaningful? And with that attitude, it's no wonder that its heart is in punk, an ethos that shirks the responsibilities of traditional responsibilities and asks you to respond to how you feel. They are amazing as far as I'm concerned, and I'm concerned enough to have them join me today on Benny Asking People Questions. Uh, Please welcome Kat and John all the way from Melbourne, Australia of Riot Baby. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Benny. Thanks for having us. Um. I'm going to just launch straight in, and before I get a, a history of who you both are, um, I just have to address the name Riot Baby. Uh, being of uh, having the love of punk, I'm guessing this is a bit of a nod to things like uh, Riot Girl and Pussy Riot and things like that. Is that kind of where the, the heart is? And how amazing did it feel when you stumbled on the name? Did you wake up at 2am and go, oh, my God, I've just worked it out? Pretty much Exactly. Yeah, the original name of the band was um, Party Pooper and we decided that actually it sounds like a bit of a downer. (laughs) So we sort of workshopped it through the names around a bit and then, yeah, did did we put it in in a band name generator? Yeah, I <laughs> think we were throwing it, names in. I think uh, I, I, we did put it in a band name generator, and I got a few different things. Uh, I think Riot was in there, and Baby was in there. It wasn't didn't come purely out of the the band name generator. The final spark of inspiration yeah. was, a, oh my god, it's Riot Baby, yes, uh, yeah. It's also, a good like name. description of my life at the time since I had a yeah. one year old. Yeah, it's. I think it. I think it's. A, I think it's a good phrase, and I think every parent of a one-year-old can go. Oh, of course, it's exactly what it's like. But I mean, yeah. it's also quite nice because it does. It uh, whether whether accidental or whether through AI or whether through any any of the methods that exist. It's it. What you do is a real lovely nod to that kind of '90s punk, though, isn't it? I mean, I I feel. I feel punk sort of gets thrown into that 70s version, but there's that whole generation where it gets lost, all the, the you know, it's all very homemade shows, zines, all that kind of stuff. And that's kind of where, kind of feels like where Riot Baby sits, right? That's where your passion is. I mean, we both love all kinds of music. Uh, we we met actually both living in Indonesia uh, about... Makes total sense. Probably seven or eight <laughs> years ago. Um, and at the time we we met and we were making just kind of alt pop kind of stuff, but uh, yeah, I mean, and it, it, this band really it, it became a punk band because Kat came over to my house when she moved to to Melbourne, and we'd planned to make just the same sorts of music that we were mm-hmm. making um, 
when we both lived in Jakarta. But then uh, she said, oh, check this out. And, and uh, I hope you don't mind, Kat, but I think Kat's guitar skills are, are fairly rudimentary. Oh, yeah. yeah. She knows I'm power sure chords. She can shred on the keys, yeah, which yeah. you <laughs> often don't see in, in, in Riot Baby, but she really can. But, yeah, she knew the power chords, so she came over with... Uh, uh, like a punk version of of where is the green sheep, and mm. it just we demoed it by the end of the afternoon, and uh, uh, right, by, and all of a sudden we've got a kids punk band. Yeah, can I can I just I mean I was going to bring this out later, but I just want to talk about where the green sheep is. Um, Mem Fox is quite notoriously hard person to I guess uh from my understanding is even to get hold of let alone actually get permission to do something like that because it's also not I think in the early childhood world or what everyone knows about this beautiful little story for I guess it's really hitting that naught to two age Mm. your version is probably not the version the majority of people might have in their head to go along with that song how did how did you actually get permission how did that come about? How did Member Fox and and as she's obviously heard it, mm. yeah, I, I can talk about that. But maybe, or maybe catch you before we go into that. You want to talk about the inspiration behind turning it into what you turned it into? Oh, I was just at a point, you know, trying to put a one year old to bed where I have to read every board book in the house <laughs> to make her go to sleep, and it's just night after night. Where is the green sheep? Yeah. Um, and we all know where the green sheep is, right? It's it's just asleep over there. We yeah, all know. It's just a matter Why of am I doing getting this there. Again? <laughs> um, and I think the original version of the song had a bit stronger language in it as well. <laughs> yes. Where but, the uh, blank is that green yeah, yeah. sheep? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it's time to sleep. <laughs> and and yeah, I mean, we we know how copyright works. So so we we made our version. We made the video. Uh, and and we thought it was really good, and you know we we launched it ahead of our very first gig where we played at the old bar, which is a kind of notorious, very sticky carpet dive bar in in uh, in Collingwood in in Melbourne. Um, and yeah, like we know how copyright works. We were well aware that we were infringing their copyright, so I I, I looked up their agent and said, hey, we made this thing we think it's great and, and respectful and and a bunch of other people tell us they love it too what do you reckon about it and uh so she emailed back and is like well and at first because if you haven't seen our, our video i recommend you 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 go and watch it it does take it in a fairly chaotic direction and a pretty even quite a dark yeah. Uh, direction. Yep. We, uh, and we can talk a bit about, you know, darkness and chaos and why we think that's important in kids' music. Um, yeah. And uh, apparently at first they were a little uncertain with it being a bit scary. Um, but over time they've actually, they, they decided, yes, actually it's fine. Uh, let's go ahead. We registered it with APRA. So they own 50% of the song and we own split among the remaining Riot Baby members, 50% of the song. So anytime we perform it, they get a little royalty payment. Mm. But yeah, uh, we're just blown away by their generosity in allowing us to mess with, because this is such a beloved book that literally every Australian family Mm. has uh, uh, in their their bookshelf. So, So yeah, incredibly generous of them to allow us to mess with it like this. I was going to say, Jenny Darling, the um, the agent, I yeah. think it's fair to say she's probably become one of our biggest fans. She's been so yeah. lovely and supportive and she's always commenting on social media and 
giving us a boost. It's so nice. Here is the blue sheep, here is the red sheep, where is the green sheep? Here is the bath sheep, here is the bed sheep, where is the green sheep? Thin sheep, white sheep, swing sheep, slide sheep, where is the green sheep? Up sheep, down sheep, band sheep, clown sheep, where is the green sheep? Yeah, she is. And she even asked us for a piano arrangement of another one of our songs because she found it really beautiful. But, uh, um, yeah, and uh, it's a, uh, Everybody's Sad Sometimes is is a song that... you want to talk about that song, Kat? Um, I don't know. It's okay. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll talk about what it means for me. Like, it's a... So Kat wrote it around the start of the pandemic. Um when she was having some big feelings and, and I'm not sure you necessarily wrote it as a right baby song but just articulated these like big feelings that everyone was having and then um, uh, she wrote it and we were all in lockdown having some pretty intense feelings and we all uh, lay it on our parts and, and recorded it remotely and then recorded a video of us all kind of singing mm. together yeah and it, it's a it's a beautiful thing and I think you know it's it's not our punkest song but I think it is very much in the Riot Baby canon in that it, it, you know, it deals with really big feelings that, that parents and kids have, you know, on a daily basis. And I think a lot of kids' music doesn't deal with some of the, you know, it, it, it goes straight to solution mode. Um, mm. You know, sometimes you feel bad, but it's okay. Every, you know, and, and I feel like, yeah, ours, we try, and, and this is really to Kat who writes uh, pretty much all the lyrics um, I think she's done an amazing job of of taking big feelings really seriously. Yeah, that's interesting because I because I, I one thing I do want to just quickly jump back to is you were talking about the the darkness and uh, and uh, and not so much the chaos, but but that place that you do go with your music that you present to children. And there's this really and and you spoke about like I guess one of your first shows was December 2019. That's the old bar right, yeah. show just before the 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 COVID changed the entire world. And there's this amazing poster that you have and it has the silhouette of the baby holding a bottle that, and the bottle, and correct me if I'm completely misreading this, the bottle looks like it's on fire and it's about to be thrown. Um, and it's, you know, it's a great, it's a great homage to all those images of people throwing the Molotov cocktails and things like that. And and it's, and it's really, um, it's, it's a really incredible image for such a stark for an actual stark image, it's it's just you know, it's the one color and it's just the silhouette. But it's a very it's a very beautiful. It's just so alive and 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 it has so many beautiful ideas of revolt in it and and you know children basically saying let us be kids and things like that. It's it's something really beautiful. Um, where do you talking about that idea of addressing those big ideas and also leaning in on the darkness i guess not not the scary but just leaning in on those those sides that we you know the torch doesn't shine everywhere it leaves some area dark where does where do you eventually see or how do you feel right baby a baby right sorry sit sit in that malay of children's music and things like that like what what's what do you what's what's the intention behind the things that you make um, well, first to credit um, Chipta Croft Cussworth with the design of that poster, which is a mm. lino cut, which he pasted up all over um, all over Melbourne for that show. Um, 
but yeah, in terms of leaning into that sort of the darkness or I don't know if it's really darkness, just sort of like the negative feelings, the ones that kids and parents have, but um, it's not always talked about in kids' music. Um, and it, it, it sort of comes down to, I mean, you know, we, we, we throw together our songs. We, we all have a good time and, you know, among friends and with our kids and that sort of thing. And it's really more than the product itself. It's about the practice of playing music, of going to see live music, of creating spaces where kids can enjoy live music. Um, and just sort of that, that experience of like, you don't have to be the best musician or the best um, singer or the best songwriter to perform, enjoy, you know, play music. Um, so especially for our kids um, and getting them up on stage or even having them in the audience or, you know, them choosing which, which whatever they'd like to do. Um, it's just about having music as a part of life um, and using music as a tool to express your feelings is what it's really about. Yeah, that's that's really where the band came from. So we we all love to go and see music with our kids. So the the uh, sort of three original families who started Riot Baby, and, and we would often be there would be matinee gigs um, on in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Um, and we would bring our kids with hearing protection and, and, you know, sometimes it would be amazing and sometimes it would be a bit awkward, you know, uh, but yeah, <laughs> there was one notable time we, uh, went to go, uh, what was, uh, we went, we went to go and see a band called Love Boner, uh, and their music sounds exactly like what, what the, <laughs> the uh, name, yeah. what the, the name, uh, they're not uh, hiding behind uh, anything. <laughs> no, no, which, which is fine. And, and the kids didn't understand the, the sort of sexual content or, or uh, uh, so, it, but yeah, yeah. So it just had us thinking about, well, you know, there are, there are some amazing things about taking kids to see live music. Um, cause music is made by people, uh, and anyone can make, mm. music, you know, and, and I think a lot of kids, think that music is this thing that comes out of YouTube or, or, or out of the the Spotify or, or, or Apple music or whatever it is. And, and yeah, you could, you could connect with, with some, you know, sort of multi-million dollar selling or multi-million stream type artist, or you could connect with an artist who lives in, in your community. So um, yeah, it, it really came out of going to see live music with our kids and, and wanting to do it and wanting to engage our kids and demonstrate to our kids that music is fun and you learn to play guitar or piano or or tuba or whatever because you want to make to have fun things with your friends and and it's been an amazing platform for us to like those um we've gone on holidays together to do recordings and we went into a, a professional studio for the first time uh, a few months ago um yeah, and and it's been really beautiful over the last couple of months to see uh, Kat's daughter go from sitting in the audience when she was sort of one or two to now that she's just turned five, um, joining us on stage at first for a couple of songs and then you know almost the whole set and and yeah and just and, and demand her own microphone <laughs> exactly yeah. and being very upset when when we invited some other kids to come up and play. Um, what are they called melody pops yeah. on it. We didn't brief her appropriately, but you know, Not giving it's, away uh, the mic, yeah, yeah. But <laughs> you know, mean... it's uh, it's 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 been a really interesting and 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 fun way to to share creativity with our kids it's, it's... and collaborate, like intergenerational collaborative spaces, and that's something we really focus on as well. Is like we 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 haven't actually played 
a show with another kids band yet we've always played with other acts mm. who just play music around town that we think it would be great for kids um while not necessarily being a kids band because again if i think about the kids music that i grew or the music that i grew up with peter coombe is absolutely there and i i i remember all those songs but it was also midnight oil and Jimi hendrix and and paul simon's graceland and you know the, the cassettes and the beatles the the cassettes that my parents had in the car so similarly i want to be introducing melbourne families to other amazing bands that that they'd love to to see You're obviously, you are responsible for the Family Jams uh, live shows. Um, I'll get yeah, to, that... the, uh, yeah, I'll get to those in a minute because I feel like that's a whole, you know, that's a whole extension of what you're just saying. But I think, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, the things I just heard in in what you're both saying, which is sort of I touched on at the start, is this idea of playfulness, and and I think it's really misunderstood. People have this idea that. You know, learning through play is like let's just go play, but it's not. It's mm. about it's about the interaction of the here and now and the things that are around you. It's that it's a very yeah. cliche. It's not the product; it's the process. You know, and I, and I feel for the I feels like for the two of you, for all of you, and and for your children as well. It's it's about really sitting in the moment and the joy that music has in a moment. And and realistically, there's nothing more. I can't think of an art form that's more powerful for a moment. Yeah, I think than, than like, music or being engaged yeah. in music. It's 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 the strongest. Every other art form requires you to kind of, in some way, visually zoom in on and concentrate as well. Whereas music allows you to keep moving forward in life with this thing just being in filling your brain. Yeah, I think um, like the song Cat uh, wrote the uh, lyrics and big structure, main structure for um, Playground is a really nice illustration of that. Where and 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 again, uh, coming back to the sort of the uncomfortable feelings, like Playground is a song that that we wrote um, about not being able to go to playgrounds in 2020 when the playgrounds were all shut down in in Melbourne, and you know, of course. We, we, you know, uh, supported uh, all the public health measures, but, uh, and and yet it was really hard. And, mm. um, you know, we were all, I think all, uh, well, I certainly started therapy in, in 2020. Uh, uh, it was very useful. Uh, it was, it was a really difficult time. And, and one of the things I love about that song is it doesn't like, it's just like a cathartic scream. There's not actually a moment where, where we say, and it's okay because we're all yeah. going to be, we're all going to be fine. And so, to me, it's it's a beautiful 
validation of those feelings. And I don't think you necessarily always need to, to, to tell someone gives, you know, tell someone how they get out. I think it's, it's fine to, to have a, a cathartic expression. And I think, you know, there's like kids, kids animation goes to some really wild places and kids, you know, kids books, um, like a, a book I think about a lot in terms of validating rage in particular is uh, Matilda by Roald Dahl. Mm. You know, the the moment where she tips over the the water glass, where she sort of realizes that she has magical powers, mm. she tips over the water glass into um into the trench bull's lap. It's at the moment she's just in the moment that it happens, she's just like her head is exploding with rage mm. and she realizes she she has this power, which is actually like the nice opposite of, of yeah and it's the opposite of what so many people mm. say and and there's uh like there's a beautiful video by um uh what's his name uh, uh mr rogers um fred rogers uh where he's being interviewed and he's talking about his song called uh what do you do with the mad mm. that you feel and and he he talks about it a, a really beautiful one way to deal with rage which is to you know channeled into into other things and and yeah and, and i don't think there's a a single right way to to deal with with feeling like rage but yeah to me i just want more diff and and in in a moment there might be a time where the song that you need is uh what do you do with the mad that you feel and another time where the song that you need is is um playground or uh yeah i think um i think I think the other thing in content for children, particularly musically, is 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 that some of that stuff does exist. I think it's just doesn't mm. get it just doesn't get the trumpet that the other stuff does, you know, because I yeah. think by and large people are a little bit afraid or don't think the children really want those yeah. emotions or don't know what to do with them. And and like you're saying, I think so many of our emotions like greed and and anger and um jealousy are they have no direction other than just a mm. thing in you that explodes. And if you don't acknowledge it you know, anger is as, as equally as important as happiness. It's just happiness usually ends with potentially giving someone a hug. Whereas anger, if it's not dealt with nicely and and oh not nicely, but if it's not if it's not addressed, it, it turns into something that we often perceive as being negative. But it, but it can also produce some incredibly beautiful work, you know, yeah. the, the truth of it. the main lyricist then like I mean do you there's one thing I want one thing I love about listening to music made for children is I try to work out is the person speaking on behalf of the adult in the room or the child in the room and I feel you it's it's almost like you're doing both you you quite intentionally are the adult saying I'm just like you is that a fair enough assumption of how you approach the things that you say like people you're you're not looking for the perspective of the child. You're you're being the adult going, 
it feels enormous, but it does to me as well. I don't have an answer because I'm taller. Um, yeah, I'd say that's that's pretty fair. I mean, even in our songs, we do have a mix of coming from the voice of a child or from the voice of a parent. Um, and even even one that um, John's daughter Erica basically wrote, which is the one about um, bullying. Erica was writing that song, but we had adult members in the band being like, yeah, like I'm experiencing bullying at work. This is exactly, it's the same, mm. you know, playground bullying, workplace bullying. You have these sort of things that you need to deal with in life and then emotionally how you respond to that or how you handle that, how you empathise even with your bully um, mm. and all those sort of themes. Um, the, the one that we just released, which was Listen to Your Mum, and that's definitely coming from the voice of a parent. <laughs> um, it sounds like it's the voice of someone else's parent going, listen to your mother. Get over yeah. there. You have no idea how torturous it is not listening to her. I mean, yeah, for, for me that was sort of like, you know, I just I just moved back to Australia after 10 years in Indonesia. Um, I've had, I'm having a kid for the first time um, and going out and just seeing all these parents in public just trying to appear so normal and just like trying to have trying to keep it together and there's obviously just this chaos kind of <laughs> orbiting them you know kids just breaking down crying knocking over coffees and like running off from playgrounds and you know just like mouthfuls of sand <laughs> and, and just sort of coming to terms with that experience and even that identity of being a parent and also trying to be yourself and um yeah <laughs> yeah and i think i think it's really powerful i i, I mean I, I love that song obviously but i think it's really powerful because it you know kids have an experience of their parents getting angry and and i think it's it's important yeah like playground is a song that validates child rage but listen to your mum is a is a um song that validates parental rage and and i think we're, there's so many expectations on parents to to have all the answers and to and to be perfect and uh, yeah uh, I think it's a uh, yeah it's a it's a, and you know it deals it deals with it in a humorous way but it but it's you know the feelings are absolutely uh, valid yeah I I think um uh, I mean I, I think I think everyone in that circumstances is, is lacks validation you know I, I have this thing with children where you know I remember somebody saying to me once you know we 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 sort of do this thing where we say you know children control all the steps and control everything and the parents are kind of now but they went but it's it's kind of not true it's like a child so much of their life is controlled everything they do is is mm. is controlled for them and they have no power in their world it's not to say for a second that the parent has the power it's a real mm. powerless situation for everyone and everyone yeah. is now experiencing this total void of any control or any resemblance of control they had prior to that place. And, um, yeah, it's, it's desperately hard thing to navigate. Xavier, oh, Xavier, do your mummy a favour and don't eat the sand. No, don't eat the sand. I've got a turmeric latte in my other hand. Harper, dear, please stay near. We saw those other children disappear. So hold mummy's hand. Hold mummy's hand. Because I don't want to chase ya. I don't want to chase ya.
from a from a parental perspective, from a musical perspective, from all the perspectives that you can gather in a in a bucket, um, how how cathartic is right baby how 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 baby right right baby baby right, right. Baby. why do i, it's, why do I keep getting it wrong sorry that's <laughs> really poor form isn't it <laughs> i just think they both work so well you know i just kind of it all just sort of baby rights kind of cool as well right babies right baby's like the boss and then there's just the baby right where they all just <laughs> they all just escape um how cathartic is it on all those measures for for you both doing doing this? And and I and again I lean on that idea of the playfulness because I look at the the playing the which I guess the family jams came out of is like you at the park, like there's this real there's a there's a real community element even if it is just within the 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 core band members feels very communal the things you do and the way you go about doing them. Was that already present in your lives, or is this process of doing doing um, right, baby, being quite cathartic for you? Or where's that? Yeah, I mean, we from? were all kind of meeting in parks and playgrounds. So when we started the band, I think when did you arrive in Melbourne, Cat? Twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Oh yeah. So I guess my kid was at school already, um, but we were often catching up in play, but still really at that core playground age. So we would meet at playgrounds and our kids would run around and, you know, so often, you know, parents could have a coffee or parents might, you know, be messing around on their phones while their kids are, are at a playground. But, you know, we all like to play music with each other. So we were bringing along like ukuleles or little yeah. synthesizers or, or whatever. So even well, well before um, the band became a thing, we would just, jamming in parks we would have a synth jam you know um yeah uh so we were yeah and, and again i guess that was part of of um yeah that was part of showing kids that music is practical and mm. you do it and have fun and we would often you know kids as at that they were at that magical age of sort of five and six where where they would sometimes come over and jump on a synthesizer mm. and start playing it. And some of the most satisfying um, musical, you know, improvisation experiences I've had have been with sort of five and mm. six year olds because they're so intentional and there's no kind of self-consciousness around, mm. you know, what is the, is this, is, am I playing the right note or, or, or what happens if uh, there's this sense of curiosity with what's the next note. And especially on synthesizers, you know, we're all big synth nerds in the band what happens if I pull this knob or, or it's a, uh, yeah, it's good fun. Yeah. I mean, that's the age that my daughter is coming into now. So she's just turned five. Um, she started prep and, you know, the first couple of weeks she's like, Oh, this is all right. You know, making friends, going to school. And then at one point it dawned on her that you have to keep going to school every day <laughs> forever in her, in her mind, you know I mean? Like year 12 is a long way away yeah, from yeah. prep, you know, and just, and, the the sort of response that she had to that um we were sitting around playing with keyboards and ukuleles and things at home and she just came out with this full flow um improvised song about like why does it have to be you know it's just <laughs> yeah but it's just amazing to you know because she's been around all of this music being played and everything and now at this point she can sit down and she'll she will write a song that has perfect form you know, you've got mm. verses and choruses and it wraps up and it has conclusions. And it and rhymes. It, it mm. rhymes, you know, like kids pick up. That's a kind of music education that's very community-based. It's yeah. in the family and it's not 
something that you have to sit and at the piano and have your knuckles wrapped sort of thing. Yeah, I love uh, music has to be practical and 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 it so rarely is. Um yeah, I mean we both well, like I said we met in Indonesia, we you know, we both speak Indonesian and and you know, I I feel like language learning and 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 music is a similar thing where like it needs to be practical and it needs to be fun like so much of both language learning and music education in Australia is is sort of like you know a thing that you do for a competition or for you know to get a grade or 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 you know for languages it's it's not taken seriously at all so and yeah we 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 think it's really important. Yeah, and look, I think at the end of the day, music and language. I mean, it's all communication. It's not. It's not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's not like you're saying. It's not. It's. It's been contextualized into the to the point where it becomes about exams and becomes about precision mm. and things. But really, fundamentally, you remove all of that, and you got and you and it's really just communication, communicating the things you yeah. want, the, the things you feel, and that could be. I'm exhausted, need to sleep, or it can be you know what's mm. for dinner there's just so many but it's all about the communication it's interesting that thing about them you know your daughter writing the fully formed song cat because there's one thing when i was watching some of the videos of um of you all playing your children it's not that they've got amazing voices but their pitch is really amazing their pitch is really great and i think there's one particular song where um one of your children doing a, a harmony on it i don't know if that was done sort of in post or something so it was a bit easier but um but i was really struck by not not that the voices themselves are really polished beautiful voices but the the pitch and the pitch is the thing that's and and i think I'm making a general huge sweeping statement here that I'm just going to assume I'm absolutely correct because no one's here to tell me otherwise. Um, you know, you, you look at a lot of those African-American churches and things like that where the, where the music is just intrinsically a part of their life, a lot of like uh, Tongan and Samoan and things like that where it's you sing, you just sing, you sing, you sing, you sing. That's mm. what, everything you do is singing. You know, you sing around the house, you sing, and, and then you have these – um, you have these families and these and these cultures and these things that have these incredible voices that just because of this idea that it's like you're saying it's not sitting down and and creating the precision of it it's about lose yourself in the moment and see how it connects us and brings us together and and it was interesting listening to your children going there's a real like the pitch for me is that the real indication between a talent and a learnt talent, I guess, you know, and, and, and a pitch, pitch isn't easy. A lot of people can't do it. I just heard your children. I mean, that, that to me is people that are, that are around music and are always engaged in some level of singing and have just kind of got and learnt. This is kind of where, this is how, this is how it works. This is how you communicate these things. And um, yeah, it really stands out. It's really, really quite remarkable. I think, I think, I mean, yeah, like on, uh, yeah. We've both spent a lot of time overseas and I feel like Australia does music amateurism particularly poorly. I think there's so many people, like, you know, in Indonesia, if you ha if you walk down the street with a guitar and hand it to someone, odds on they could play a song or two, you know, and, and you know, one in 10 or 20 can play a hundred songs, you know, and, and, it, and I feel like much more so in Australia, singing or music is something you learn at school and then you never do it, you know, and people, and, and you know, there's pockets, you know, karaoke is a bit of a thing and, um, you know, around where, where we live in Melbourne's inner north, the, the uh, 
the uh, penetration of musicians is certainly higher higher than average. But but yeah, I, I still I do feel like there's this really, and, and I I had it in myself. Like I have become by by default a professional musician in in the last eight months or so when I quit my day job as an economist. But um, until that time. Or, you know, I, there was a growing realization over the intervening sort of five years or so where I was definitely like, well, you know, I'm just this amateur and there's all these real musicians over there. And it's been a very slow process of me all of a sudden playing next to some of these people. They're the real musicians and I'm just this imposter interloper person. And then all of a sudden being like, hang on a second, mm -hmm. I've been playing with these people for some time. And yeah, and I, and I think that, um yeah we we really have tried to to yeah demonstrate to our kids yeah what it looks like for music to be yeah, just part of I mean, your life and yeah i think there's a there's a certain amount of embarrassment around performing mm. music um as an amateur musician which doesn't exist in other cultures but is pretty strong in our culture yeah. um and obviously we have no shame <laughs> That's the key. Just, just do it anyway. I, I, think, I think you're right. I think I think the assumption in our culture is that if you're a musician and you're not super famous and hugely successful, it's because you weren't good enough and you're holding on to a dream that is a bit of a waste of time as opposed to, well, no, I just really love the idea of creating and making things and the objective isn't that. Whereas I just think everyone assumes that would be the objective. And if you're not achieving that, then it's just because you don't take it seriously enough or something. I don't know. Yeah. It, it's just, um, I, I know what you mean. It, it, that idea that you, you, yeah, there's certain things that you, even you feel intrinsically you need to achieve before you can actually classify yourself as one of those people. Mm -hmm. And then the tr you know, truth is you've been doing it for years anyway. And it's interesting to think about what we want to achieve with Riot Baby. Like, we, you know, there was a, a little while there where we played a gig a month. And it was, it was a few years ago when the kids were a bit younger. And it was just, I think Erica wanted to do, she wanted to go somewhere on, on some weekend. I was like, oh, no, we can't do that. We've got a rehearsal. And I was just like, oh, hang on a sec. No, this mm. is too, this is too much. Um, mm. uh, especially when they were younger. Um uh, actually, we have been doing a gig a month pretty much since uh, since March, and it's it seemed okay. Uh, partly now because we know the songs better, and um, but yeah, it's you know it's got to it's got to be fun, and it's got to be you know adding to our lives. And if there comes a point where it's not, like there's no universe in which you know we become the Wiggles and we we you know roll into a sh a, a town and play three shows in the morning and, you know, then go and have lunch and play. And like, you just, I mean, I wouldn't put a kid through that. Mm. Um, yeah. And that's the other thing. I mean, with my daughter being quite young, mm. she's on stage because she wants to be there. When she mm. wants to take a break, she just hops off, hangs yeah. out with her friends, <laughs> grabs a drink, <laughs> and then it. she just comes back on sort of, you know, there's no pressure on the kids mm. to perform. I kind of get the sense the whole band's like that though, right? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, obviously if one of you just got up and walked off, it'd be like, oh, what are you doing? But I also think at the heart of it, you'd all go, oh, all right, well, oh, whatever. Yeah. Like, let's just keep going. Like, it's that's what it, it is. is. A, it's a funny, it's a funny line to walk, right? Because, you know, we so we played um, my daughter's school fate uh, last year and 
before we played, all, all the kids got up and played. You know, there, there were literally 30 kids who got up and played between 20 seconds and, you know, a minute and a half of guitar, and which is really important, right? Like, it's super important for those kids to have a platform and, and to be challenged to perform. But, you know, if we were to have, you know, we are trying to operate we're, we're, we're trying to sell tickets to most of our gigs like we have to if we, you know to hire a venue and pay a sound person uh we need to sell tickets to gigs and there's a time and a you know there's a there, there are you know the ex dance school end of term concert where, where people come and you know i'm 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 absolutely into community music and dance and that sort of thing but it would be super weird if i went to that concert right um so we are quote unquote trying you know trying to set a professional quote unquote professional standard for for what we do and we do involve kids so you know our, our drummer uh, is 13 um and and he's he's been amazing but yeah mm. you know uh, like there were plenty of dads i knew or mums you know who could have played the drums in the band but um when our, our former drummer who was eight when he when he played his first right baby set um amazing she was pretty wild uh but it was great he did an amazing job um ginkgo uh when um yeah when i was talking with erica about who we replace him with she was insistent that there be another kind of core mm. member who was a kid mm. um which i think is really important like it's so uh, it's really important for kids to see themselves in the band. I, I noticed that really young when I was taking Erica to gigs. Um, yeah, I mean, I wasn't that interested in seeing all dude bands anyway, but but she connected so much more strongly to mm. a band if if there were women in the band. Um, yeah, and yeah, it's... that's both gender and its age as well. Yeah, I think I think you know, kids love seeing kids. I think we we mm. undervalue how much they actually get excited by watching people do things that they can achieve as well you know and because Archie they... is a great drummer too like there's no absolutely you're not you're not it's not like it's there's definitely no uh what's the word this there's, there's no favors going on like <laughs> he's a very good drummer yeah he keeps yeah he sets the pace I, I, I say we just eventually replace ourselves all of us yeah. with kids mm. with until kids. it's an all kids band yeah and until it's just it's, it's just a daycare <laughs> yeah it's just children just mm. walking around Dead. Let's talk about the actual just the mechanics of the the band because um, I don't want to hold you up all day. But you 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 it, it, I got the sense in 2019 you're ready, you're done. Let's do this, and then the world just went pulled the plug and all the lights went out and everyone just got stuck at home and and you it all the ideas didn't grind to a halt. But I, I feel like the ideas that you were formulating all of a sudden stopped and you found yourselves in your lounge rooms trying to find alternate things. Um. You're recording. It seems all it's all you're just doing it all at home, right? It's like was that was that out of the COVID necessity or was that just more fun? Is it easier to do? I mean, it looks like you do you do a lot of home recording stuff. Is at that at first, or? that the first bunch of well, so the um, 
uh, Where's the Green Sheep is is just that that literally that guitar track I recorded on the demo that very first day. We just did it in GarageBand because that was what I knew how to use at the time. And then the and I, I think it was like MIDI drums and I played the bass and Cat played the keys of the guitar and and that was it. And then um, we asked Daniel, who had been one of those fellow you know playground synth jammers. And also a recording engineer. I I always recommend have you know asking recording engineers to join to join yeah. bands. Yeah, if you can find a child musician engineer, ah, recording engineer. There yeah, we go. Yeah, that's that's like. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Daniel kind of mixed it for us because um, yeah, I, I I that was a, you know I can I could program in a very simple beat, yeah. but and and play the the guitar and the bass, but that was where my skills ended mm. um yeah and and then we were just rehearsing literally in my front room that i suppose the podcast listeners won't be able to see but but you can see yep. um you may recognize this from some of our clips some and things it, yes. um yeah so we were just recording in 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 our front room and i think we were doing vocals in a in a booth um and we did go on a, on a holiday to phillip island one time to do some recording um yeah, so that that was where all the first kind of round of, of recordings happened. Um, but most recently, we went to Rolling Stock because um, you know it was just trying to find time to edit everything together. And um, yes, and we we played some fairly well paying gigs uh, recently, mm. uh, so we had some money in the bank. So decided to drop it on a day in a real recording studio, and it was amazing. Miles just you know we we recorded two songs on the day, um, and Miles had them sounding incredible even by the end of the day and then I, we spent another evening just kind of doing the mixing and uh yeah we're really happy with with how it sounded it is nice to have other people doing that sort of thing yeah yeah totally absolutely uh, are we likely to see a full-blown album soon where are we at because i know you, you do a lot of singles and things like it feels like the last couple of years have just been uh, it's quite interesting actually because there's a lot of it's been the response to COVID, a lot of you like the playground mm. and things and then you just suddenly had like the 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 um Trianti Wanty Gongalope song and yep. these new uh, and like the mum listen to your mum song like it's almost like you were able to move away a bit from the the, the curfews of COVID and kind of expand <laughs> yourself is that turning into an album we're likely to see a full blown album soon where are we at with that uh, it's hard to say. I mean, we we haven't got a plan uh, particularly. Um, yeah, we'll we'll just record songs and and see see how they fit. We 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 toyed with you know releasing because actually we've got a bunch of songs that we've released on streaming mm. play, on um, you know YouTube and stuff that we haven't released on on streaming services. And it's yeah, I mean, it's also been really busy. Like it's just been a um, uh, an extremely busy time in everyone's lives and and. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, it, it, it's all there. It's happening. It's all there. It's happening. Um, we, we've got we've got another single that we'll be releasing in a month or so that we recorded that that same day um, at Rolling Stock. Um, so, just a couple of more questions to wrap it up. Um, it's been amazing talking to you, and it's been a real joy to listen to your. I don't even think music's kind of what I... <laughs> Let me start that again. That's not like to say I wouldn't refer to it as music. I mean, 
it's it's there's so much more to you than your music like i feel like so much of who you are and what you value and what you see in children and what you see in music and what you see in sharing that with children it's it's really it's really alive in what you do um more so than i think a lot of other bands that i've sort of come across and it's really it's really there's something really beautiful about watching it all particularly when you don't know much and you're sort of just getting it all in one big hit Family Jams, talk me through sort of briefly where they came about. You did touch on it earlier, um, that it's really about just finding bands that you just think families can go and enjoy and be together with. Is that kind of... Yeah. Because it's quite a lot of work putting stuff like that together. It is. Um, So I... um, Yeah, this is more a a John thing. So, right, um, uh, I I guess I, I really loved having bands to amazing bands to take my my daughter to um at matinee times and i was and you know we would do that uh through right baby we would book support acts that we really wanted them to see but you know we didn't get great fees for that so it was always like hey amazing band will you play for a hundred dollars that you know or, or however many tickets we you know half of however many tickets we can sell which is not that many really at the time um and uh then i sort of so then i realized well actually i started uh in in about 18 months ago i started applying for grants for for music stuff and uh like i'm an economist by training and i know how to articulate a value proposition in a way that a funder likes and turns out i'm pretty good at it um and i got a bunch of grants to put on these these family jam shows um so i've been selling you know, quite cheap tickets to get people through the door. And the general idea is just to put on amazing acts, not necessarily kids acts, but amazing acts that families would enjoy at family-friendly times and at family-friendly volumes. And people have been really hungry with it. Like we've, we've sold, we sold out the last one, which was mm. uh, Moody, oh, Moody Beaches, whose T-shirt I'm actually wearing today. Beautiful. Um, yeah, this amazing all-female punk band who, you know, they're, they're a full-on kind of punk band uh, who write songs about, you know, uh, things, uh, uh, you know, a range of things that women deal with uh, in contemporary Australia. Uh, and and uh, and they were supported by a, an amazing First Nations artist who's really new on the scene called Kanisha. And we sold it out at the Thornbury Bowls Club. Mm-hmm. So 200 uh, people came along to to check it out. And, you know, we've had... Um, We've had a First Nations artist as part of every lineup so far because it's really about connecting families with people who are putting messages out into the world that I think they need to hear. Mm. Um, mm. And, and really hopefully about building that community, build, it's building gig going literacy. So people know what it means to go to a gig. 
uh, with their with their families, uh, but also, yeah, just hopefully yeah, not, connecting not as, people. Not assuming you can't take children to things. No, exactly. Know, there's, there's um, a way to do and, it, and, and really broad. Like you know, one of my favorite ones was uh, Firetail, who were this amazing like jazz fusion band with a with a tabla player and 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 like you know amazing alto sax player and and um yeah because and I think people have this people think that kids music needs to be a particular way and why can't you have a jazz fusion band for kids i think kids are actually way more open-minded than most adults uh if they see a jazz fusion band you know with who's someone taking a blazing sax solo that really tells us you know if someone's just going widdly 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 then they're not gonna mm -hmm. connect with that but if if someone's taking a sax solo that tells a story that builds and, and goes somewhere and then comes back down a kid will just get that intuitively and there's you don't you know you, they don't care that the band's playing in seven um they they can just feel the groove and and then they'll move to it so it's about really respecting kids and 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 not kind of dumbing things down for them necessarily and and you know not to say uh, you know, and I, I love your your vision of connecting people with with kids' music made specifically for kids. But I think there's a there's there's a whole world of music out there, um, and and yeah, I feel like you've got the kids' stuff under control, and you know we're trying to do kids' stuff. But there's this other music out there that I think kids and parents would love. And and it's, again, it's about trying to create those multi generational spaces where a parent's not messing around on their phone while their kid is having a dance class or yeah. watching a movie or whatever. So it's not that, I mean, that's the point of Riot Baby as well. It's supposed to be something that the kids and the parents can enjoy together, that you're doing it together. And a lot of the parents that I spoke to coming to these family jams were saying like, oh, I haven't been to see live music in ages. I'm so excited mm. to see a band. And just, yeah, this is something you enjoy. Why shouldn't you enjoy it with your kids as well and introduce mm. them to that joy in your life? And and so many you know assets in the live music industry are just sitting. They're not doing it. You know the band rooms mm. are empty at two p.m. the The sound engineers are not working. You know the, the 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 even the performers might have a gig that evening, but they don't have a gig in the afternoon. Mm. Um, so it's just yeah, it it's it's uh, yeah. I, I'm really um, uh, I can't tell you what it is, but we've got a really exciting family jams gig coming up in uh, in a month or two. Well, I, th I think um, I think the biggest thing with music for children or music for families is I, I think we've lost this idea of what music means to us as adults. I think I think what we do with children is we sort of go, "Oh, this is the band I like," or you know, "Oh, I don't like that band," um, and you kind of go, "Well, you know, if I'm if I'm going." I don't know if I'm doing a drive through the country compared to about to go to the gym. Yeah. Right. Cause I do that all the time, but you know, like I'm, I'm listening to different music to correspond and elevate the situation I'm in. And I think the mistake we make with children's music is we, we don't recognize that it, it can be a moment from moment thing. I mean, you know, if you're, digging in the garden with children and, and putting in vegetables or whatever it is you're doing outside, there's, there's music made for you mm. to fit that. And then if you're trying to put your child to sleep, there's music made to suit that. If you are going out for an afternoon and you want to take your children with you and go and see a live band, there are, there's, 
there's moments catered for that. And I think we get mm. in this habit of going, this is what children's music is. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a whole genre that exists in other countries that doesn't exist here called family yeah. music. And I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't quite understand why it doesn't exist. And, you know, Hey, we're doing our best to kind of give it a bit of voice, but just this idea that, you know, there's, 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 you know, you can cater for specific moments throughout your life, the child's life, every your family's mm. life, everything. And I think we get in the habit of kind of going, not that, you know, I don't like that band, so this is the one I'll choose. And you yeah. kind of go, well, I, there's music everywhere. It's, it's everywhere. I, I do feel time. like, you know, like uh, Kat and I both, oh, and all the adults in Riot Baby at the moment kind of, you know, came of age in the late 80s and early 90s and, and, and I feel like there was a, so much gatekeeping in the early 90s. Like I certainly, you know, performatively disliked pop music for a really long time. And it's like, I mean, it, it pretty early on in my daughter's life, I, I sort of made a policy decision that I don't want to be that dad, like poo-pooing their kids' music taste. You know, what what's important? to me is that she finds the music that she, you know, I will expose her to a really wide range and she's incredible. Like I'm, I'm so lucky to have it. I mean, it took a lot of work, but, uh, but, I'm, but I can take her to some pretty wild stuff and she'll sit through it and, and, you know, and sometimes enjoy some things. I, I like one of the things that she reacted to most strongly was uh, this amazing shamisen player called Noriko Tadano, who just plays like straight up traditional Japanese shamisen stuff. And the shamisen is this like kind of like a Japanese three string banjo type thing. And it's super loud. So she's just like wailing on this thing. And like, and, and, and she had no microphone and she was just like declaiming mm. um, something in Japanese. We have no idea what the song was about. But she just had so much power in her voice and the way she was playing this thing. Erica sat there, she must have been four or five years old at the time, just transfixed while this this woman was holding forth. And and I you know, I feel like like I yeah, I feel like as you know, as a settler in Australia, um you know, hip hop is a music that comes from somewhere. Punk is a music that comes from somewhere. Japanese shamisen is a music that comes from somewhere. Like, are they any more or less Australian than Jimmy Barnes or, 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 you know, Midnight Oil or, or you know, the Kid Leroy? Like, like these, these are. I I want to really, yeah. So I want to broaden that definition of of what is kids' music, but I also want to broaden that definition of what is Australian music, and because, yeah. Um, I think, I think, yeah, we've all got to be thinking about that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, beautiful and amazing. And, you know, I think this goes right back to what I said at the start is um, in before we started the interview about, you know, children by the age of six. And, and I think that's the whole reason we need them to really understand how, how big everything is. You know, I think we get very, we get very yeah. particular about what we think is right and wrong. Um, Kat, just to finish off, you as uh, from what I gather, kind of the main lyricist feels. Have you since um, Ride Baby, have, have you found yourself a little bit more acquainted with children's music or do you tend to still not really, like, I mean, are you, are you a bit more aware of what else is out there or? 
Because I mean, the, the, the biggest problem I always have was that whenever I talk to artists, is 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 you traditionally find this situation where they're, they're just they're also unaware of just how enormous the industry is, particularly in this country. I mean, that is just here, you know. But and and we have, um, well, weirdly, you know, New Zealand is is one of the single most successful children's music makers in the in the world they're they're enormous like the in popularity and and the stuff they create have you found yourself a little bit more aware of what else is out there or just by association um yeah a little bit um i guess especially through our instagram and the sort of people who follow us and people that we follow and sort of become aware of yeah it's just like this the surface of this mm. huge um industry or movement um yeah, uh, I I feel that that kids music, like very kiddie music, kids age out of it so quickly mm. now. You know, if it's if it's really really pitched at kids, it feels like maybe from age four to five, they're yeah. already like, you know, I want to listen to Taylor Swift. Probably even earlier. <laughs> you know, can we yeah. <laughs> can yeah. we put it on? Yeah. You know, BTS so or I, something. Yeah, and I do feel like we we're, we're maybe. Like in terms of, I actually, I met I met the bass player from um, Bunny Racket uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, it was the day before. Uh, it, it was a, a party, a friend's party. I was at, and uh, and I, you know, I turned down a drink because I was like, oh, I got a matinee gig tomorrow. Uh, oh yeah, what's the gig? Oh, I'm in a kids' punk band. I'm in a kids' punk band. <laughs> I was like, what? What? Is two of us in the same room? What the hell? There can be only one. You know, <laughs> no. Um, he was a lovely guy. Um, yeah, they're great. Uh, Bunny Racket are awesome. Yeah, really amazing. But um, but I feel like we're maybe like um, the the song I know from them is the chicken is not a fruit. Um, which yeah, great song. I feel like we're maybe our songs are a bit more narrative, a bit. So we're maybe pitching ourselves a little older. Um, I mean, everyone's welcome to to our shows, but I feel like maybe the core audience is like four to eight or something or four to ten. But I also think that's the whole point with what um, uh, Ride Baby do is uh, Baby Ride. <laughs> why, why ride Baby. Why is it, I'm so sorry. It's just think really, Ride Girl, Ride Baby. I know, it's really very, very poor form. Um, but, you know, I think I think at the heart of what Ride Baby do is this idea of just let's just, you know what, let's actually just stop talking about where we're pitching it to and who's listening to it. It's yeah. like it's there, it's out there, everything's out there. You're, you're completely right. I think children grow out of that very um, preschool-centric kind of sound. I think it's mm. very repeated. It's a lot. But then again, there's other really beautiful eclectic acts yeah. circumnavigating that. It's just we yeah. a lot of publicity yeah. gets given to that stuff. And and I guess that's at the heart of what it is that you do with family jams, with the music, with the videos of just jamming in the park and the music you make and the things you talk about. It's 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 in in the nicest most respectful way possible. It's all just stuff. It's all music stuff, and some people's ears are filled to the brim, and their hearts explode when they hear it. And some people go, "Yeah, it's not me," and they go and find the other thing. And um, at the core of all of it, I think what's really important is that you are doing what you do, and I think the way you do it and the attitude you have to doing it is what stands out and I think is what kind of makes Ride Baby unique and makes you um, who you are is that you do go, you know what, this is how we present it and we're not going to compromise on that. And because 
Otherwise we lose the love for it. And then ultimately you've lost, you've lost a connection to the audience you're making it for, you know, and I think mm. that's kind of the main thing. Um, it's been a real pleasure. It has generally been a real, I've, I've been watching you for a while. That sounds awfully sinister and a bit, you know, strange, but obviously I've known about the music you make and, and the little, the little droplets that you tease us with. And, um, you know, it's really beautiful. It's really, it's really great. And, and it is beautiful. And I mean that in that real genuine, pure sense, it's very beautiful. The things you make and the things you do and the attitude in which you make them. So I'm very grateful that, that you do it. And, um, even more grateful that you've bothered spending the time chatting with me about it today. So, um, I'm very grateful. I've got, yeah. you know, oh, both a, a daughter that will do stuff like this uh, with me, but also friends like Kat and, uh, you know, our former bass player, Daniel, and, and now current bass player, um, Rowan, and, and you know, the other family, uh, Archie's family, uh, our drummer. Yeah, just to, to come together to do, yeah, because it is a pretty odd thing to do, to, you know, to have a band and be playing gigs on the weekends. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel really fortunate to have this, this crew around me to do fun stuff like this mm. with. All right, Cat and John, thank you so much for uh, chatting and, um, yeah, more to it. Get get on and, and, and let's, let's um, no need to do the album, but looking forward to new new tracks coming soon. Thanks so much for having us on. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for, the for your time. Talk soon. If you would like to know more about Riot Baby, then you can find them on social media. Just search Riot Baby and look for the burning bottle. And, of course, for more Benny Time goodness, head along to www.bennytime.com. Thanks for listening to me, Benny. Ask Cat and John questions. Listener.